some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. The Zone's non-stop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is The Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin, presented by Renters Warehouse. And here we go. Straight off 6 o'clock by my watch means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. First show of the new decade, at least for this show. You've heard me plenty this week. Appreciate all those opportunities. Reminds me again, as I am Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone, just how blessed I am. Beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. Hope this finds you and yours doing exceedingly well as the decade gets started. My DM's always wide open for faith-based communications. I want to make sure that's always out there. And I know some people have sent me some stuff, and I have not been able to respond to it, but I will. Uh, sometimes it takes me a little bit of time, but I do try to get to all of it in some level of order. Well, there's a football game being played tomorrow. Wild Horse Saloon, by the way, the Titans watch party. I'll be there on hand for 104.5 Zone from 5 to 7. Come say hello to me, and then it'll be time to watch this game. I'll go ahead and tell you right now our telephone number is 615-737-1045. And the question I have for you, and you can take it wherever you would like it if you want to call in, is why not the Titans? Why not the Titans? I don't know how you have this game going, and I'll take your predictions as well, but why not the Titans? But before we even get there, I want to take you down memory lane in a different way because you've heard so much about this game from all the experts this week, from all of us, from everybody in the Music City. And I was thinking about it in a a bit of a maybe off the beaten path kind of way. I want to give you a date. January 20th, 2008. Then I want to give you a second date. September the 29th, 2013. How about a third date? January the 11th. 1999, and a fourth date, August the 6th, 2015. So I just threw four dates at you that probably don't ring any bells to you because they shouldn't ring any bells to you. January 20th, 2008, a television show premiered on AMC called Breaking Bad. You may have heard of it. September 29th, 2013, an episode of Breaking Bad called Felina aired on the AMC network. Felina was the series finale of Breaking Bad, which I believe was the show of the decade, even though it started before the decade began. And one of the two or three finest shows based on virtually every metric that we've ever seen on television. Now that third date, January the 11th, 1999, what was that? It was the day that someone took over for Craig Kilborn on Comedy Central, a television show that you may have heard of called The Daily Show. 
that gentleman's name, he was a stand-up guy that had appeared on David Letterman and some other places, and he was performing at Improv and Caroline's in New York and things like that. And He seemed like he was funny, and you'd seen him pop up on MTV and a couple of other places, but who knew what he was going to be? His name was John Stewart. August 6th, 2015, John Stewart, who had won a truckload of Emmys and everything else under the sun and was as respected because Hollywood certainly agreed with him on so many different things, but he was very good at his job, had helped launch the careers of Stephen Colbert, Ed Helms, Steve Carell, all sorts of folks. That's just a, a small list of them. August the 6th, 2015, John Stewart took his final bow on The Daily Show, and Trevor Noah would take over that show a couple of months later. The reason that I mentioned those four dates is because everything good does eventually come to an end. There are two things that every single event that occurs in life, positive, negative, middle of the road, whatever, that they all have in common that they are not exempt from. They have a start point and they have an end point. Everything. In 1997, Tim Duncan was drafted by the San Antonio Spurs out of Wake Forest. He and David Robinson played for a few years together. They were called the Twin Towers. They were very successful. Then it became Tim Duncan's team. He became the centerpiece. Maybe he already was before DR, before the Admiral actually retired. But Then comes Tony Parker. Then comes Manu Ginobili, and we all know what happens from there. This was the model franchise in the NBA relative to bringing in the right talent and building things properly. And R.C. Buford was the best executive in the league. They weren't overpaying, and they were catching breaks in the draft and bringing in wonderful free agents, veteran guys that made sense that helped them out. And they had Greg Popovich, who was widely regarded as the best coach in the sport. And now let me take you, after four championships, in 03, in 05, in 2007, and in 2013, they also had one in 1999, I want to take you to 2014. That season, the Spurs are defending NBA champions after beating LeBron James and the Miami Heat. They finished 55-27, and 27, which is not a bad record at all. But the West was pretty loaded, and they ended up the sixth seed. The Clippers knocked them out in the first round of the playoffs. Knocked the Spurs out of the playoffs. That made the Spurs the first defending champion in half a decade to be eliminated in their first playoff series the following year. So the Spurs were dominant. As dominant as you can be, they were steady. They had Hall of Famers, including the best ever at his position, Tim Duncan at power forward. And it still came to an end. Because like I told you, everything does think about this it was the clippers that knocked them out in 2015 in that playoff series i don't care what it is sports team life event your favorite movie eventually the credits are going to roll on the dark night eventually emmett brown is going to tell marty mcfly that we have to go to the future we have to go back to the future and he's going to fly into the screen and that's going to be the end of back to the future and we're going to have to wait for the sequel. It doesn't matter. Your vacation. You took a vacation. You loved every second of it. You never wanted it to end. You were in paradise. It did end. And you had to come home and you had to go to work. My honeymoon. We're in Florida. We're in Sandestin. We're in Rosemary Beach. 
it felt like a completely different universe. We're at Pompano Joe's. We're walking around. We're just having a great time. But we did have to come back and life had to continue. What's most remarkable, I think, about the New England Patriots is when you go back and you look at the decade, the Patriots were the team of the 2010s, without any doubt. Now, you could say, look, the Giants won three World Series. I don't think anybody's going to put them over the Warriors, though. The Warriors would probably be number two on that list. But what's remarkable is they weren't just the team of the 2010s. They were also the team of the 2000s, above the Spurs, the Patriots were. The longevity of their dominance and how steady they've been is insane. And that doesn't all of a sudden mean that they're due to fall. I don't buy into the, oh, well, they're overdue for this. What I do buy into, though, is Tom Brady being 42 years old, having one receiver he trusts who's a little bit banged up and really could have used the bye week in Julian Edelman, basically two running backs in Burkhead and White to throw to. Their scoring numbers are way down. They just lost to the Dolphins at home. And there appears like there might be a changing of the guard in the AFC. Maybe not in that division just yet, although the Bills are also in the playoffs. But the thing about a changing of the guard is this. Somebody has to go dethrone the Patriots because they're not going to really, they're not just going to vacate this thing themselves. So back to my original question at 615-737-1045. Why can't it be? the Tennessee Titans that plays the role of the Los Angeles Clippers. Because the interesting thing about the Spurs is when you see the Spurs in the playoffs for a time, you still feared them because of what they had done. There might not be that many stats to back up what they could do in the present, but they're the Spurs. You don't want to play the Spurs. And then eventually some of that shine wore off. And you realize Tim Duncan wasn't the same guy anymore. Tony Parker couldn't hack it quite as much anymore. And Manu, he had a he had a game winner in him, but he might not have 48 solid minutes in him. And why I ask you why it can't be the Tennessee Titans is heroes, whether it's in fiction, whether it's in actual history and reality. Heroes are not always the most obvious characters. They're not the obvious guys and the obvious gals. Yeah, if you're reading a Batman comic, you pretty much know who the hero is going to be. Superman, superhero, that's a little bit different. But we don't know who it is that might liberate a country and end up having books written about him. We don't know who it is that's going to sacrifice himself or herself for some kind of larger goal. We just don't know who the hero is going to be. It would make more sense in a football context. I would say the consensus would be if it were a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson, or at least for this season, depending on where you are on him long-term, a Lamar Jackson or someone like that, a quarterback that leaps off the page, an offense that is extremely prolific, that would cause sort of the fall of this empire every empire has to fall maybe it's time for new england's to fall it's got to be some offense that we know and trust and all but wait a second though the titans haven't been held by under they no one has held them under 20 points since Tannehill took that starting gig 
The New England Patriots are 0-4 when the opposition scores more than 17 points this season. That would indicate good news for the Tennessee Titans. Another stat for you. The last time the New England Patriots played on Wild Card Weekend, they were a four-point home favorite over Baltimore. And they got beat 33-14 to in a blowout by the Ravens. The line as we sit right now is New England by four and a half. Now, I think that's going to tighten up, no pun intended, by the way, before kickoff. I think it might be three and a half. There is virtually no stat other than number one defense that favors the Patriots. But football games aren't played on paper. There weren't really that many stats that backed up the Patriots being that dominant over the Rams in the Super Bowl, and we saw exactly how that went. It went so badly that McVay still hasn't recovered from it. The Jared Goff certainly hasn't recovered from it. The Rams franchise almost in disarray right now, trying to find answers because a blueprint was put out as to how to handle Sean McVay. The Patriots aren't going to beat themselves. The Tennessee Titans can beat them. And I can sit here and rattle off a lot of stats and over the next, you know, couple of segments, I'll tell you how they can beat them. And I'll tell you why you should feel good about the Tennessee Titans going in. I said this on 3HL with Mickey Ryan a couple of days ago, and I'll say it again here. If you're arrogant and you're overly confident that the Titans are going to walk in and beat the New England Patriots, you are doing this wrong. The best you should feel. And this is a this is a positive. It might sound like I'm trying to bring you down, but I'm not. I'm trying to tell you that we haven't seen the Patriots not get this done in a very long time. Doesn't mean they've won the Super Bowl every year, but it seems like they're there almost every year at the very worst. It took a ridiculous performance and 40-plus points from Nick Foles to beat him, just as one example. And a ridiculous catch from David Tyree that could never be duplicated for the Giants to beat him. They are going to be ready. They never take anybody for granted. You might have exactly who you think you need to beat this team. And I just laid out the fact that things come to a beginning and they come to an end. Breaking Bad, Jon Stewart's run on the day we show, the Spurs dynasty. This could be the end. This could be the last home game Tom Brady ever plays at Gillette. Maybe the last game he ever plays. We don't know what the future is going to hold. But 60 minutes of football have to be played. And what you should feel if you're a Titans fan is cautious optimism. You know you have what it takes to win the game, but they're the New England Patriots. And you heard me say this about James Harden, that I'd seen him fail so many times in the NBA in big moments that I would not believe that the Rockets could win a championship until I actually saw them do it. And then I could say, well, they did it once. Maybe they'll do it again. The Patriots, I've seen them succeed so often when it looks like they have no business doing so. I've seen them win multiple Super Bowls where they were not the most talented team on the field in not just that Super Bowl, but multiple playoff games in that season. I've seen them do this before. That I will have to see them fail before I feel too confident about predicting that they're going to fail. I've been wrong a couple of times in the past trying to kill them off. 
The Titans can do it, but you should feel cautious optimism. Nothing stronger than that. You have to have the requisite amount of respect for the opponent and what they've done. This might be that Spurs team, and you might be that Clippers team. But the emphasis is on might. 615-737-1045. The question is, why not the Tennessee Titans? Or why do you have them winning tomorrow? How good do you feel about this matchup? I see we got Spencer. I see we got Chuck. We've got another person on hold. Call, get in line. I will start rolling through your phone calls. I want to hear your take on this. It's a huge opportunity. Also, I asked a question to Mark Mariani earlier when I was in with Mickey and Don on 3HL. I'll play his response to that about just how important this game and this win could be to the national perception of the Tennessee Titans. All of that still to come, but I'll get to your phone calls next. 737-1045, Big 6, 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back. Big 6, 104.5 The Zone. The band is Gang of Youths. And when you talk about the matchup between the Titans and the Patriots tomorrow, you got a lot of veterans. you got some youth on that Tennessee side, but some studly youth. Cautious optimism is what I'm preaching if you're a Titans fan. We're brought to you by Renters Warehouse on this show, dedicated to helping homeowners benefit from the rental boom by renting their homes the easy way. Renters Warehouse, you can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. The dates, and then we'll get to the phone. 615-737-1045, your thoughts on the game tomorrow. And my question tonight, why not the Titans in terms of signaling perhaps the real end of the Patriots dynasty, which has been signaled in the past and turned out not to be the case. But maybe it's different this year, and maybe it's your team that's going to get there. I laid out four dates for you. January 20th, 2008, September 29th, 2013. That was the premiere and the series finale of Breaking Bad. January 11th, 1999, August 6th, 2015. The main reason I picked this is because the timing is very close. At least as close as we can get in terms of something that had this kind of longevity was John Stewart's run on The Daily Show, which even if you didn't watch it, even if it wasn't for you, was a huge success for Comedy Central and launched some major, major careers in Hollywood. And we talked about the Spurs and how their dynasty came to an end. Really, when the Clippers beat them in the first round the year after they won the NBA championship, they were never really the same after that. They kept getting older, and even though Popovich is still there, no one really fears the San Antonio Spurs on the court, at least right now. Every single event, positive, negative, middle of the road, has a start point, and all of it has an end point. Here's another quick example, and I see the phones just lighting up, so we're about to get to them. One of my old roommates back when I was living in South Carolina, a professional wrestler, when we were all traveling together, you know, two or three of us lived together to make those trips a little bit easier. He had a cat. I would have assumed that that cat would not be with us for, you know, many, many years. It was, it had, it was already a few years old by the time that I was there. And it was a cool cat, and he was an animal lover. So obviously he took care of her. But I remember every time I would ask friends after I left South Carolina when I was in Kentucky and even down here in Nashville over the last few years, that cat was still alive. 
we all joked that it was going to outlive us all. On New Year's Eve, I received a message, and I don't talk to this guy very often anymore because life gets in the way, of course. I got a, a message that was sent to two or three of us from him. It was a lengthy post, lengthy piece, that basically said that he had put her to sleep that day, that she was unable to stand up on her hind legs, and that he felt like it was time to put her out of her pain, and it was the hardest thing he had done. She was 22 years old. Everything, even the best things, sadly do have an expiration date. And believe me, the Patriots dynasty is one of those best ever things, at least for those fans. And it has been a part of the rise of the NFL is creating a villain in the New England Patriots. Is it going to come to an end now? And my question, why not Tennessee? Why not your team tomorrow that dethrones them? 615-737-1045. Spencer in Murfreesboro. He leads us off here tonight on the Big Six. Spencer, how are you? Good. How are you, Jay Martin? Good, man. Good. Hey. Uh, my prediction for the game, let me give you a score and then some, some reasons sure. why. Um, Titans 35, Patriots 28. Mm. I know it's a, it's a high-scoring yeah, game score. there, Spencer. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little dreamy, but I, I have faith. You know, you know, if we can – who does Tom Brady have to throw to besides Edelman? I mean, he has James White to do those little dink and dumps. You haven't seen Tom Brady throw downfield like he has been. I don't know if it's his age or, or you know, just the lack of – of talent in the receiving core, but Edelman's beat up. You know, if you take him out of the game, it's it's going to be hard for them to kind of take off. And you know, we we hear this Ryan Pitts, Fitzpatrick deal where he signs for six games, and I'm really hoping that's not Tannehill. But I honestly, I think he's kind of found his groove and found his his program to be in. You know, outside of Miami, I don't know. You see all these people who do terrible teams and go to another team next year and just you know, they just found their spot. And honestly, watching Tannehill over the past, what, 10 games that he's yep. played, yep. he's just shown that he's, you know, he's where he's at and he's comfortable with it, with A.J. Brown, with Derrick Henry kind of taking some pressure off him. He doesn't have to rely on his arm. He can dunk it off, and that takes the defense out of it too. And So that's kind of where I'm at. I think, you know, I think Titans have what it takes to, to knock him off tomorrow and, I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not wrong, but we'll see. And uh, hey, happy New Year to you, buddy. Yeah, you too, Spencer. I appreciate it, my friend. Sorry if I cut you off before you were able to finish your sentence. Thirty-five twenty-eight is a high-scoring game. The one thing about Tom Brady I find interesting is him saying, you know, he doesn't throw the deep ball the way he used to. He wasn't really that guy. I mean, it's not that he wasn't capable of that, but he's always been more of an intermediate guy. I mean, when he had Randy Moss, maybe a little bit differently. And it's certainly that he wasn't capable of it. But he was kind of quietly a dink and dunk dude where it was Peyton Manning that was throwing down the field more often when it was those two guys going back and forth. To his point about Tannehill, in his 10 starts, he's 7-3. and three, And it was just the 10 starts, so it's not a full season. So maybe this is one of the reasons why you haven't heard these stats mentioned a lot. But Scott Kazmar, Football Outsiders, had put together a really nice piece previewing this game. Tannehill's 2019 season, his 10 games, the fourth highest season in passer rating at 117.5 and and the eighth highest season in yards per attempt, which is 9.6, in NFL history. And the next word that Scott wrote is absurd. When does a blip become a trend when it comes to the quarterback? When did you start believing, if you do believe in Ryan Tannehill, 
what was the moment when you started believing in him? It was probably around that time that you started to think the Titans might be able to win a game like the one that's on tap for them tomorrow night in Foxborough. Chuck in Nashville up next here on the show. Chuck, what's up? Hey, great question. And yes, it is can be the Titans. And give Derrick Henry the ball twenty-two between 22 and 30 times and just let them be the team that they are. I think in week 10, I started to see it. The team was just having so much fun on the sidelines, smiling at each other. Uh, Taylor Lewan running down the sidelines to congratulate the defense on great plays. And we can talk about specifics. And if we had a couple different kickers, this team would be 12 and four. Um, I jokingly predicted with my Titan friends nine and seven before the season, but I didn't think nine and seven make the playoffs. But this is a team and these guys like each other and they have the ambition and they can do this. They're not going to go up there like they did eight years ago or so and get 54 handed to them uh, like the Patriots did in that snow game um, eight years ago. It was ugly and that's not going to happen. These guys are going to come in and they can win. And I don't have a prediction about the score. If it's two to nothing, great. Right. As long as it's R2, right? So it's a great question, great program. Uh, go Titans, and we're all in. Tighten up. All right, Chuck. Appreciate it. I mean, look, that's the feeling. And you're not wrong to think that it can be the Titans. And I'm not really trying to, I'm not trying to throw the rain that's outside on your parade either. I think it can be the Titans. I'll give you my prediction at the end of the show. I'm just I'm saying that the dynasty has to come to an end. There's no reason why it couldn't happen tomorrow. But you should be at least wary because of the opposition and what they've done and how long they've done it. So let's at least get one more call in this segment, and then if you are on hold, just chill with us and we'll keep going because I see we're just loaded down with phones with phone calls right now. Uh, Josh in Nashville, we'll go to him next. Josh, what say you? So. I'm not the biggest Seth guy, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but look, the only thing I'm worried about, I'm thinking in the future, sorry about this, I'm worried about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Patriots looking a little shaky to me. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Lamar Jackson has not been in the playoff game. MVP is all yet is, but playoffs are different. I don't know if he's ready for this or that. And then if we get the Texans, I mean, we got Deshaun Watson on our heels already. We lost to him by three. J.J. White is human. He's not really back to me. Um, and they still just being early. I mean, they're really just depending on the Houston Texans on uh, Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, I got faith for us to go all the way, honestly, uh, definitely for this game. So, let's we'll see what happens. Nothing really wrong there. I, the J.J. Watt thing, I, I have no idea if he's back. He wants to get out there and play. It didn't affect how Vegas felt about the game at all, which usually it doesn't. If a quarterback's not the one that's there, and it's not a very, very small number of other guys that play other positions. Usually the line doesn't move at all. I don't know. I know what the Texans can be. I don't know how much I trust them. I also don't know how much I trust that coach in those situations as well. The question is whether or not Tennessee is the team that is ready to go to Foxborough in this moment with no experience, at least when you look at Henry and Brown and Tannehill this three-headed monster that everyone is now you know, raving about. Those three guys don't know what this moment is until they get there. Are they going to be overwhelmed by it, or are they going to overwhelm 
the team that just seems to always be there and that coach. Eventually, somebody did beat him. Eventually, a perfect performance basically beat Nick Saban, and it was Dabba Swinney, and it was Deshaun Watson, and it was Hunter Renfro that outdueled Jalen Hurts in a classic a handful of years ago. And it signaled a new rise. And it was a younger coach. And it was a younger coach that had experience with the program that he ended up beating in that national title game. The reason I mentioned that to you is because, well, Vrabel and the Patriots. I don't think I really need even, even I don't need to go any further than that. I'm going to keep dropping some stats that should make you feel pretty good about your football team as we go to this break. And I see Ethan and Will. Hang with us. We'll get to your phone calls when we come back. If you want to join Ethan and Will on the line at 615-737-1045. The last four receivers in the NFL with 50 catches, a 20 yards per catch average, and at least eight touchdowns in a season. A.J. Brown this year. Nine years ago, Mike Wallace in Pittsburgh in 2010. Twelve years before that, Eric Moulds of the Buffalo Bills. And seven years before that, Michael Haynes of the Atlanta Falcons. So it's been nine years since it's been done. It's only been done just that one time, other than A.J. Brown doing it this century. It's only been done 32 times ever. The last rookie that did it? 59 years ago, Bill Groman of the then Houston football team at that point in time. A.J. Brown making all kinds of the right history. Could he make more history tomorrow, starting tomorrow? Titans fans got to hope for it. 615-737-1045. More of your phone calls. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll be right back here on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back to the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. You can find me out at the Wild Horse tomorrow night. Hanging out with 104.5 The Zone and the listeners from 5 to 7 right before kickoff of Titans Patriots. Midday 180 special coming up here in a little while as well. So stick with us tonight. We've got more pregame coverage and more preview coverage. We've broken this game down from so many different angles. Now we just got to play the daggone thing and see what happens. It is a hugely important game for the franchise. When we come back in the final segment, I'll actually play what Mark Mariani told me about that earlier today. Let's get back to the phones right now. Ethan in Nashville has been waiting patiently. We'll get to him first. Ethan, what's up? Hey, y'all. Good to hear from you. I couldn't be more excited for the team, for the game. It's really, I feel like this victory was written in the stars. I mean, how many more coincidences could line up? so perfectly for one game. It's ridiculous. Winter Storm Henry. It's Derrick Henry's birthday. Mike Brable and the history that he has with Bill Belichick. It really just couldn't be more fortuitous. The omens are there. Like, I, I really, it feels like prophecy. And I don't, I don't know how else to put it, but I, all right, here's my, here's, all right, all right. Here's my lock for the game. Titans beat the Pats 59-0. It's revenge time. We're coming back. They're talking about they got to need their revenge tour. Yeah, right. It's time for the Titans to shine. We're all in on this one. Got the whole crew coming over tomorrow. I couldn't be more ready for this, y'all. Tighten up, baby. All right, Ethan. Fired up. 
not alone. A lot of people in the Music City feeling pretty good about their chances tomorrow night against the Patriots. 59 to nothing, that's bold. I know that was a bit of a exaggeration there for effect. If they won 59 to nothing, that's all you would hear about, but it wouldn't be about the Titans' dominance. It would be about the Patriots getting thrashed 59 to nothing. I do think that the Winter Storm Henry thing is almost too easy. The fact that it actually is Winter Storm Henry, it's going to be rolling through New England tomorrow. I think it's already starting to hit tonight, but the weather's going to be nasty tomorrow night. Winter Storm Henry and it's Derrick Henry's birthday. I saw Tracy Wolfson just tweet out that tomorrow, I guess on the pregame on CBS, she has a sit-down with Derrick Henry, and there's a photo of Derrick Henry wearing that ridiculous plum-colored, I don't know, I guess Derrick Henry was the one that murdered whoever it was in the study with the candlestick. But she gave him a cake. CBS gave him a birthday cake. He's blowing it out. I mean, all you're right. The prophecy is there if you want it. Like, There's all these different things that are there that are just perfect. Winner Storm Henry, and here comes Derrick Henry, NFL rushing champion, second team all pro behind Christian McCaffrey. That was announced a little bit earlier today. Here he comes. Like the headlines for the Boston Globe and the Tennessean are both written right now. But headlines can't be written until games are played. Joey in Cross Plains joins us next here on the Big Six. Joey, what's up? What's up, Jay Mark? So I am a huge Titan fan, but I would have to be a wet blanket here until they win because I listen to the zone all day from 7 until you get off the air. And it was interesting that uh, Jay Hutt put an interesting stat out there that since 2009, when the Patriots have played or yes, have played a team with a top five rusher or the top rusher, they are 10 and one. Mm. And the only one to beat them was an 09 Ray Rice. And so I'm just, I think they're going to take him out and it's going to be up to AJ Brown, who uh, he's a rookie. Big stage. We don't know how he's going to act. It's going to come down to Corey Davis, Sharp, and uh, Janu to see what they can do. I mean, so until they do that, and I want them to prove me wrong that they can do this. But I mean, with that one said, I'm going to predict it's Patriots 24, Titans 21. Yeah, and look that that like field goal win by the Patriots definitely out there in the offing. I mean, if you don't think New England has enough to win this game and you look at him and you're like look at that roster there's nobody for Tom Brady to throw to folks are 12 and 4 they've only lost four games out of 16 even with that even with Mohamed Sanu basically being useless for them since he got there even without a tight end to throw the football to with Edelman getting banged up with Brady being 42 years old all of that they're 12 and 4 and they've got you at home where they have an 8 somewhere around an 840 850 win percentage since Gillette Stadium opened in 2004. You got to show them respect and you got to realize that this is a gigantic challenge until it's actually done. And then you can go back and you can start to say, well, look, the, the stuff was crumbling around them. This is a perfect storm. Maybe it was a winter storm, Henry. Zach in Nashville is up next here on the program. Zach, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. I was just wondering if, um, which, which one do you think is going to need to be more involved, Derrick Henry or A.J. Brown tomorrow night? That's a good question. It's a good problem to have if you're the Tennessee Titans because it means you're multifaceted. This is one thing I've pointed out. Like that, The caller that, that just made that point about having the rushing champion 
or having you know a top five rusher in the league and the Patriots being ten and one. I don't have the who these who those folks were and what the games were in front of me, but many of those teams relied so heavily on the run that they didn't have great passing attacks either. Here you've got Tannehill with the highest passer rating in the league. You've got an unbelievable rookie wide receiver in AJ Brown. You've got a just unreal athlete at tight end that's just getting better and better in Jonu Smith. If you take Derrick Henry away, the Titans' pass attack is good enough to beat you. And certainly, if you try to take Tannehill and A.J. Brown away, then Derrick Henry can beat you. Coach Dave McGinnis told me that they're going to gear up to stop Derrick Henry, but they're going to have a plan for A.J. Brown. And then the answer is going to be, well, what are the adjustments that Arthur Smith can make to find you know, whatever ways to deal with the scheme that Bill Belichick is going to bring? If it's me, if Derrick Henry is successful, you're probably going to win the football game. A.J. Brown might have a tough night. If he goes out there and balls out with Gilmore on him and probably seeing double coverage and he's still able to make plays, then it's just going to show what a beast he is and how he's almost uncoverable. I don't know that he's to that point yet. But if they take him away, how much are Sharp and Davis and Smith and all of these guys going to benefit from the extra attention that Eleven has on him? That might be the key. But I think you're in a better position because Belichick – He wants to take away the thing you do the best, but how many of these good things can he take away because you have more than one of them? That is a very good problem to have if you're the Tennessee Titans. 615-737-1045 is our telephone number. We'll go ahead and get Will in in this segment real quick. Will in Green Hills. What's up, man? Hey, bud. Uh, I'm optimistic, but here's my question. I look at us as the Boise State against Oklahoma. All right. Are we going to get creative on third down? Are we going to do some things that they're not, they hadn't seen all year from us? What do you think about that? Well, I think maybe you have to, but Vrabel does not need to outthink himself. I mean, you saw the onside, perfect onside last night from Tennessee that helped them with that historic comeback. Teams this season in FBS that were trailing by 13 or more with five minutes or less left in a game were 0 and 471. Now they're 1-472 and because the Vols actually pulled it off. Trick plays, gimmick plays, all those things, sometimes you do have to break those out. Maybe the Patriots have some of that in them as well. I mean, the Saints, you could argue that the Saints really kind of put the throttle down on winning that Super Bowl, their lone Super Bowl, when they beat Peyton Manning and the Colts because of a trick play that they opened the second half with. I want you to, I want to see the Titans do what brought them here. But we have seen Crookshank, and we've seen some of these crazy things happen. And if you get in a situation where you need it, then maybe you do it. But Bill Belichick's not going to be fooled, I don't think. He's smarter than the average bear. He's smarter than all the other smart bears. Beating him is is the thing you have to do tomorrow. The personnel, I told you before, I've seen the Patriots win not one, but multiple Super Bowls where they weren't the most talented team top to bottom out there but they were the most well-prepared, they were the best schemed, they were the best coached, they were the best organized, and they weren't the ones that made the mistakes. Many times, the way the Patriots have won, key games throughout this entire run of 20 years is by simply playing smart football and waiting for the other dude to make a key error. Look at the Super Bowl with the Seahawks and that throw instead of the run to Marshawn Lynch and the pick by Malcolm Butler. 
that kind of thing. That right there's a microcosm of what the Patriots have done in close football games for such a long, long time. They will not beat themselves. So if you go in there and you make a couple of mistakes, then you may have just handed them the victory. 615-737-1045. I'll give you my prediction next. This is the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Segment of the program, Big Six, here on the 104.5 The Zone Airwaves. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at JMartZone. Little Dawes for you. The tune is right on time. And will it be right on time for the Tennessee Titans against the New England Patriots? Titans radio coverage tomorrow. Extended local pregame. The Lee Company countdown to kickoff. Then Titans radio will take you all the way through the game. And we'll see whether or not there's going to be a 19th game this season. Or I guess an 18th game. A week 19 game. If you want to go there. For the Titans, if they're able to dethrone the New England Patriots and do what many are going to call a gigantic upset, no matter what, because of everything that's there. This game is huge for the perception of what the Tennessee Titans organization might feel like nationally. I think that people have been trying to talk themselves in the Titans all week, but now they're saying that special teams is going to be the difference and the Patriots are going to win. And I think the main reason for that is just because they have to find some reason to pick the Patriots, but the facts don't really back them up. They're basically picking the Patriots because the Patriots are the Patriots. And maybe I'm about to do the same thing. We'll get to that here in a second. But Mark Mariani, of course, played for the team and was my co-host on Monday Night Titans last year and is on 3HL every Friday. Joined 3HL earlier, and I was with them out at the Titans Pro Shop having a good time saying hello to some of you in the process. I asked Mark, I said, Moonshine, how big is this game just in terms of the perception? Because this is what can take the Tennessee Titans franchise on a grand scale to the next level. And here's what he said. Yeah, definitely. I think you're spot on. And I think all of us sort of gave Coach Rabel a little bit of a a couple jabs early in the year with his good to great stuff and and all that. And kind of where's the greatness we're talking about? Because... You know, I read something earlier in this week that this team's been nine and seven for the last four years, and, and it's kind of kind of assumed that once the season starts, we're going to be around that 500 mark. Well, this is this is the kind of game and the kind of playoff run that can take you to the next level uh, that people remember, that kind of puts you on the map, and and you know, people start talking about you as as a perennial you know team that's going to get into the, the tournament every year and make a run. And you know, I couldn't think of a better venue. Um, against the defending Super Bowl champs to go prove ourselves. Um, so it's big. It's not just, uh, you know, I think it weighs more than just on the 2020 season. Definitely, this could catapult you for years to come as an organization. Exactly. And I think the key word in that last sentence from Mark was weighed. How much weight is on the shoulders of these Tennessee Titans players, especially the ones that just haven't been here before in any capacity? Tannehill making his playoff debut. He's not the only quarterback doing that this season. Carson Wentz has never been in a playoff situation either. And Josh Allen with Buffalo. And it's tough to say that Tannehill's first experience in the playoffs is against the GOAT, but that's just the way it goes. A.J. Brown, stud rookie wideout, 
but he is a rookie wideout playing in Foxborough, where he has watched for years on television when he was in high school and junior high and certainly when he was at Ole Miss. He's watched teams go into this stadium, the same one he's going to walk into tomorrow, and get select and get beat. Maybe teams that he thought were going to beat the New England Patriots. What is he feeling like tonight? And Derrick Henry's the rushing champion. He's won national championships at Alabama. But has he faced what he's going to face, knowing that they're going to gear up to stop him, knowing that they respect him, and knowing that Bill Belichick wants to take him out of this? Because Bill Belichick's mindset is the same as his college coach, Nick Saban. I'm going to take away what you do best. You beat me with something else. There is a lot. There are questions that need to be answered. And we're going to hopefully find some of those answers out tomorrow. I don't know that tomorrow is a referendum on anything. But this is very much a game that could go either way. Your team has everything that it needs to win. The question is, are they ready to win? Sometimes you have to take a step. You have to learn to crawl before you walk. Are they going to be crawling or are they going to be upright walking all over the Patriots and walking out of Foxborough and walking somewhere else to play another football game? That becomes a question. Speaking of which, more pregame, more preview coming up. Midday 180 is up there in Foxborough. They're at Bar Louie. They're going to be broadcasting live coming up right after me. You definitely want to stick around for Hutton PK and Chad. I know Dave McGinnis, I saw a photo. He's out there holding court at Bar Louie right now because, of course, he is. I think he might be feeling a little bit better. That's good. So what is actually going to happen in this football game tomorrow? I gave you some stats. I told you what A.J. Brown's numbers have looked like historically. I've talked about the Patriots and some of the numbers that surround them. Since week three, Brady's yards per average, 6.2. This according to Scott Kazmar. It usually takes some type of trick play for him to throw a touchdown pass these days. They had Antonio Brown, distraction. Josh Gordon, cut. Mohamed Sanu didn't work. Edelman's banged up. Ben Watson is nearly as old as Brady. And this is what he writes. This offense is basically gadgets. James White's yards after catch and an improved running game that ranks 6th in yards and 10th in yards per carry since week 12. The Titans have totaled three sacks or more in 10 of 16 games. They've only lost once this season when the quarterback hits 260 in yards. And then he writes what we all know. Tennessee's comfort zone is making big plays early and pounding Henry late. If Henry is running the ball in the third and fourth quarter, good things are going to happen. They're not going to abandon the run. Coach Mack has said that on every show he's been on this week. Arthur Smith, Vrabel, they are committed to the run. And I have told you before, Derrick Henry's not a guy that's going eight carries for 200 yards. But he is a guy that can go 21 for 290 because in the third and fourth quarter, and I can't even imagine how much worse it's going to be trying to tackle Derrick Henry in cold temperatures and the rain and everything else. That's not something I would want. He's going to do damage in the third and fourth quarter like he has all season long. If they fall behind early, it's not going to be good news for the Titans. It's just not. 
they have got to get off to a good start. They can't fall into a hole because I still don't think that they're meant to come back against Bill Belichick. They've got to play even with him. And, of course, they have to walk in with that mentality that it takes to beat a champion, which is we can do this and we should do this. And then if they're in a position to do it during the actual game, believe that you can finish it and don't just pray for the time to run out. So who wins the game? I am so torn on this, but you kind of I kind of spoiled this for you in the first segment. I said, why can't it be Tennessee? And I laid out any, many reasons, as did some of you, and did a great job calling in the program tonight. You told me why it could be Tennessee. But I said, until I see the Patriots fail at this, picking against them is fool's gold. It's just not smart. I think New England wins the football game. I think losing to Miami was the worst possible thing that could have happened to the Titans because I think the Patriots are going to be motivated and they're going to be a little bit angry. I don't know that the moment is too big for Tennessee, but I think the Patriots win this thing by a field goal. I hope I'm wrong. I send you to the Midday 180 up in Boston. I will talk to you next week. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night from the Music City.